Hi. Welcome to Humans Decoded. I am Kieran Trace. And I'm Meg Rogel. And this is a silly and fun chat about the vast potential of our human blueprints, which is what we refer to as a true story of elves, fairies, hobbits, gnomes, dwarfs, and humans. We want to introduce you to a world. It's the world you already live in, but we want you to see the different avatars that are making up your world. There are billions of humans on the planet, but there's a pattern to these billions of humans, specifically six different avatars. Like in a video game, you pick an avatar and then you play in. So we human beings on planet Earth are going to be one of these six avatars. So it's a system of classification, and we each independently discovered it. There are six different blueprints, these human blueprints, and it's about how they work. These human blueprints are the avatar suits we're given or we've chosen for this lifetime. They're the underlying, like, invisible human suits we're all wearing. And the suit affects how we move in the world. It affects our interests and just the ways we orient to people and things. So the six avatars are consistent for this lifetime, and they're, as far as we can tell, they're true for all people on Earth, every culture, all backgrounds. So when we've talked about it with our friends or our family, our clients or our students, there's been this unanimous recognition about it. These blueprints, are they're known to you too, subconsciously. They're the unnamed ways you orient to the world and you watch others orient to the world. They're like the, the what, the where, the how of your day-to-day. And the human suits are reflected in what job you do or the, maybe the job you really want to do, how your home's set up, your favorite hangouts, the habitat you're in, how you dress, and what you enjoy learning about. We want to shed light on these blueprints, and we want to help all of us come into more alignment in our lives and just enjoy ourselves and have way more fun. We wanted to code that human suit for you. We want to decode it so you can see your own avatar and those around you. And we have, like, we have PhDs in psychology. We've got years and years of clinical research. We have private practices. Like, my private practice spans 40 countries. And it's also worth mentioning that both of us recognize source, which is a vast field of energy, this allness, this all unity or all oneness that we are. We both have a real awareness of this, a real identification that source is, is us. And really, that's just code word for enlightenment. That word, we don't have to use that word, but we can. <laughs> <laughs> so here are two beings that have this enormous specialty. Yeah. It's a 10,000 hour thing. It, yeah. And seeing so many different people that the patterns start to come out. So what happens is that we found that we were looking at the same patterns, both of us, individually in our own lives, Mm -hmm. and surprisingly fit the Middle Earth characters. Mm -hmm. And this is our beautiful co-producer, Austin Peters. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hi. Is this related? Because when I was first introduced to it, it sounded a lot like Lord of the Rings. Is it related? Is it different? Tolkien definitely downloaded, Download and which Tolkien. he said, you know, he was a, he was a student of mythology and of history, but he coined the term that um, 
I think it said legend follows mythology, which follows history, that there's actually a history at the base, a real human history at the base of mythology. And we found it's true. It's a real thing. This isn't just a fantasy. This isn't just a, a fun names for things. It's a, it's a real blueprint. It's an actual energetic thing. And That's you'll start to see, I think you'll start to pick up the, the reality of it. <laughs> the reality of it. It also happens to be very, very fun. Totally fun. Okay. So first of all, you tell me, Meg, about how you discovered the patterns and what, what happened for you. Sure. I, um, it was probably like 2016, I think. I was doing a lot of meditation and I logged a lot of hours as a clinician. I was working at a, um, an integrative clinic. So I worked with a lot of other holistic practitioners, medical doctors, chiropractors, acupuncturists, and I had a lot of clients um, and patients in that in that um, practice. And for me, it was, it was sort of building, but there was this one day where I walked into that office and of my 20 colleagues, I just started knowing who was who. Like, I was like, oh, my apothecary colleague is a gnome. <laughs> Why? How do I know that she's a gnome? I just know she's a gnome. And some of her elements in her, um, the, the quality of her, the flavor of her just started to come forward. And I just, the word gnome came in. And then I had another colleague that was so clearly a hobbit. And I was like, he's a hobbit like me. What? And I'm a hobbit. <laughs> and the qualities of his hobbitness, like having a Guinness every day after work. And literally we had similar kind of clothing and style and a sense of humor. Um, and then I had a colleague that was an elf and these just, they just started coming in. And so <laughs> I tell, I told my friends that, um, at that time, I just was so clear, like, and I, I had real, I had thought like in my own system before I really had words for this, that I was an elf. I had thought, well, I want to be one of the cool kids like an elf, <laughs> but I'm actually a hobbit. I just had this real fun time over the course of many weeks and months. Um, as these downloads came in, it started to be very, very helpful. It was helpful in my own life to realize what my uh, what real alignment was for me in terms of clothing and home and how I moved and what really supported me, um, which we'll talk all about, um, and then really helpful for clients. Anybody I shared it with, it just resonated. I would say, you know, I think you're a gnome and I think this is what's really supportive to you or this is what you really, you know, you're oriented to or what you love. And people would just light up and say, yes, you know, yes, thank you for understanding that. In my case, uh, working in 20... 14, my first book came out, Tools for Sanity, um, which is my only published and available book in this moment. But <laughs> but there are four other books on the shelf, <laughs> edited and ready to go. Um, but that book came out, and um, I had some really good endorsements from some non-dual teachers like Ajashante, that when that book launched, I ended up getting an enormous uh, clientele. It was very viral. And, um, <laughs> they, uh, Rick Archer, who runs a program called Buddha at the gas pump, which is a great program. Um, another podcast, definitely worth listening to. Um, he says my, my interview is the most famous of the non-famous. <laughs> so I was an emerging, uh, human development expert, non-dual teacher, um, emerging into the field opened in 2014 with this book, but it became viral very quickly. Um, my book was called Tools for Sanity. And with that viral became um, quite a lot of students looking for one-on-one -on -one support sessions. And um, at that time, I was just working sort of um, one-hour sessions. And you could just book a one-off at that time. And, um, and so I ended up with like a inside of like three months of my book launching, 
having almost three years totally booked, mm-hmm. and that's about 25 to 30 people a week. And I worked often seven days a week because it was fun and I liked it. And I almost never took holidays during those first three years. And so just the amount that was coming through Mm -hmm. at the very beginning, um, 14, 15, 16. So that gives Mm -hmm. me about 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, And then um, at that time also working with other spiritual teachers, other non-dual teachers and in their sanghas. Um, and some of those mm-hmm. teachers, again, like an Ajashanti or somebody who have much bigger, they had three or 400 people in the audience at one time mm-hmm. and working with those groups of people mm-hmm. started to, to show this pattern to me. The first one for me where I became like, I had to like speak out about it where it wasn't just like in my head doing this, like, oh, you're this, this, and mm-hmm. this is your human suit. And so you're banging up against this, this, and this is, is part of what's going on. Um, and So the first one for me was the fairies, because Mm -hmm. when the fairies would come in, a lot of fairies were having um, really consistent problems. And this is not to say that our belief systems and our beings is hugely important and and something that obviously in our clinical practice that we look at quite considerably. Mm -hmm. And in our online programs, we look a lot through unraveling and doing various energy healings. This is just sort of like on the side, what yes. suit, are, what suit are you wearing? Because if you can understand the suit you're in, then you know how to apply various tools. Mm-hmm. And so the fairies are always misunderstood. Mm. And so for me working with the fairy systems, when I would have those clients call in where I would, I'd always have to say, listen, you're a fairy, right? <laughs> and often a fairy really knows they're a fairy. They're like the only one that doesn't want to be an elf. <laughs> they're like, yes, I'm actually mm-hmm. a fairy. Mm-hmm. And I have been with fairies and I have fairies in my life mm-hmm. also. And so do you mm-hmm. who are friends and family. And they know they're fairies. Yeah. And other people know they're fairies. Yes. You know, yes. like. They're like, magical creatures. They're, they're yeah, not quite earthly. You can see <laughs> that they're a fairy. Yes. And, and it's, uh, and I've definitely <laughs> had, like, I've had multiple very close friends who are fairies. And gone to restaurants or something and had strangers come up and be like, Hey, you're a fairy. (laughs) (laughs) And they would say, well, I remember one, like, I know. And then this other person insisting, the stranger insisting, no, no, you're a fairy. And I'm me thinking, why would you think that she wouldn't know she's a fairy? And so somehow just like coming out with it going like, you're a fairy and a fairy is going to do this and they're going to move this way. And a lot of your story that you don't belong and you're not good enough has to do with you have this unique pattern Mm -hmm. that's really different from all the other patterns Mm -hmm. and you move differently through form differently. So can we just put that on the table first off? And so for me, that's when I started to kind of come out of the closet was just Mm -hmm. to like break the news to the fairies that they're seen (laughs) and their way is good and right and not that big of a problem and to understand their suit was good. Mm -hmm. But then it was in 2017 that, that Megan and I were at the same retreat uh, retreat I was hosting. And then I was just like, I think it actually, I can't remember, it may have even been a fairy. Yes. Where I was like, okay, here's the deal. I'm just going to come out in public in front of everybody sitting here and just say, do you know the Middle Earth characters? <laughs> <laughs> because there's some truth to it. Yeah. And there's a system at play here that, that, you know, you're either human or you're a dwarf or you're a fairy and a fairy is not a dwarf. Like you have a really different suit. You're moving through form really differently. 
And that doesn't have to do with your belief systems, your being, your relationship to source. It doesn't have to do with the size of your body, the fitness of your body, the none of it. it, it it's its own unique thing. It's this. It's it's just the. It's just mm-hmm. the avatar. It's the suit you're in. Okay, so fairies are the fastest of the creatures. Kieran, tell me what some strengths are. Oh, fairies are super fun. Um, they're tricksters, they're mischief makers. <laughs> and that might be considered a weakness, but I think it is a strength because they're always kind of shifting the form, like shifting the vibe, whatever mm. the vibe is, they're just going to come in and tap on it and just kind of shift it a little bit because <laughs> they're, they have this really playfulness about them. They're very, very sparkly. Um, they can be very silly, um, they can be, they're very light and, um, they are really out of the box thinking. And mm-hmm. so they're really great at coming up with ideas you never thought of mm-hmm. and they haven't thought through the idea because <laughs> that's what an elf would do. Um, and they're certainly not going to execute. <laughs> that's what a hobbit does. They're moving way too fast. Um, but they're going to come up with this like completely brilliant, super out of the box thought. (laughs) And that's really when you're thinking about fairies, you're going like super fast, super fun, super playful, really innovative, very social. They tend to be Mm -hmm. very social. That's a real strength of theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even, I'm like, do I know, I do know introverted fairies. They are still Mm. very good at social. Mm. Uh Wow, I don't know if I've ever met an introverted fairy. Uh, yeah, I have. And yeah, what are those like? Um, yeah, she still was really good at creating community around her mm. and creating community events. Um, really, okay. really good at it still. Mm. Cool. Yeah. What What about some weaknesses? What are they? Where do they fall short? Um, fairies will collapse because <laughs> they're moving like so 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 fast. So they just sort of run out of speed and just sort of collapse. Mm-hmm. And so before something is thought through or before it's executed or, bef- you know, even if it wasn't coming from them, but just in the group, they've collapsed and melted and they're like off, gone mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. And um, and sometimes fairies are like their systems are moving so fast that they don't know how to ground. They mm-hmm. go faster to ground, which mm-hmm. is really burns them out and burns the people around them out. So they can, they can be a real, real vessel of burnout. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so they can, um, they can really get challenged by, by actually just like, well, I mean, they, they benefit on on slowing right down and building rest into things because otherwise they're just collapsing and burning out. Yeah, I was time. just gonna ask like how did how do they actually combat that then? Mm-hmm. Slow, slowing down and working that rest into everything. Mm-hmm. If you think of like a hummingbird and a hummingbird's gonna sip a lot of sugar water and move really really quick, but then it has to rest. Like you you know like when a fairy's just moving so quick. And then wants to ground by going quicker, it's it's not going to work. They're going to have to rest and slow yeah. down. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So, and it's sometimes difficult because they're so sparkly and they're so bright and they're so party mm -hmm. and they're so the, the center of the thing, you mm -hmm. know, and yeah. up for the game and up for the mischief <laughs> to get them to slow down and, mm -hmm. and rest is a real challenge. Mm -hmm. You mentioned sugar water. What do they eat? <laughs> yeah, fairies like very, they can tolerate so much sugar and they do very, mm -hmm. very well with it, whether it's fructose or glucose, like wh however they're going to get their sugar. Um, yeah, fairies don't do great at like three solid meals a day. No, no, no. <clears throat> they need to kind of move in this fast flow and just sort of pick at things. And so it's great if there's a lot of sugar and the things they're picking, or they can be really simple carbs, um, like just popcorn today, or just mm -hmm. like sugary or like yogurt, mm -hmm. or just like, you know, and it's really good if they have like water that's sugared or has flavors in it, and mm -hmm. they can sip on that, and little piles of nuts and things. And so really, they're just kind <laughs> of like sampling throughout the day. So, so their systems just want to sample and it's just so slow and painful and, <laughs> and boring as heck for a fair to just like sit down and have a meal with everyone. Like they're just going to yep. make so much mischief. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Mm -mm. They're going to make mischief. They are going to, um, get into the most, they're going to hit all kinds of taboos. <laughs> they're going to stand on their chair, squat on their chair, move their, like they yep. cannot do it's it. Sitting down and eating. No way. No unless it's, way. A, unless they're watching a movie or the entertainment themselves. Unless there's some four <laughs> other things going on yeah. at the same time for them. So really they need to pick throughout the day and just be sampling. Mm -hmm. But then I'm going to say everything three days they're just going to eat a ton of carbs and that's mm -hmm. like a stack of pancakes <laughs> and a whole plate of hash browns mm -hmm. Max says when you see a whole pizza it'd be a smoothie in the morning and then a whole pizza at night <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that kind of a system is going to work yeah that's and and unfortunately ashamed about it no need yeah that's, terribly that's yeah. good work for a fairy fairies get yeah, that's part of a challenge of being a fairy is they are they're a little rarer of a mm -hmm. type. There's a lot more of the other avatars and they get a bad rap all the time because mm -hmm. they're moving counter. They're moving too fast for normative society <laughs> and they get <laughs> a bad slightly rap otherworldly. Yeah. yeah well, it's funny you say that because I, I feel like I encounter a lot of fairies, but it's probably because I live in a major city. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then you're in, you're in Chicago, which has a lot of arts, a lot of culture, a lot of music, yeah. you know, a lot of Chicago's a sparkly place. So, Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There'll be a lot of fairies um, in New York City. I mean, there's a lot oh, of fairies I'm sure on TV. Of it. There's a lot of, yeah. Carrie Bradshaw from Sex in the City. I mean, that's a fairy. She's mm -hmm. so dressed up. She mm -hmm. doesn't really eat. She just sort of makes drinks. <laughs> She's the center of everything. She's a real <laughs> community builder. She's super innovative. She's always off on some drama. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole yep. drama's about her. You know, like she's <laughs> she's a she's a fairy. We see we see a lot of fairies in, in film and TV. Mm-hmm. How do they dress? You mentioned sparkly. Definitely sparkle. Uh, lots of flowers. It's very, seems like a stereotype, but fairies love flowers. Mm -hmm. They love flowers. Um, and so um, it's wonderful if they can have flower prints and, and flower movements. But also, you know, I really like 
um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, then the, the remake, those guys are like all fairies. <laughs> and so you can see they have this, they have bright colors, um, really bold prints, um, really playful, super playful. Adorned, um, like there's going to be, there's going to be jewels. There's going to be something flashy. It's going to be um, this, this year's fashion. Yeah. You and, know? and Tan France, who is one of the, um, group one of the group is the fashion guy and he, like it's not an elfy fashion he doesn't mm -hmm. dress in a way that's classic um right. or a way that is you know contemporary he's got strange innovative cuts and strange innovative fabrics and strange innovative patterns that clash with each <laughs> other but in a really fabulous way fairies mm -hmm. are fabulous in their mm -hmm. clothes totally and each what, one's a costume it's a whole presentation full production i was gonna ask because like you've only mentioned uh queer men and and women what is like a like a cis male fairy look like i would be my ex-husband <laughs> um midwestern fairy <laughs> really bright two, really bright. sparkly yes life of the okay. party life of the party uh, he had yeah, he's um, a burly guy and yeah. he's a you know six foot two but wow is he sparkly and yeah wow is he the life of the party and his yeah. hat's gonna match his t-shirt's gonna match his tennis shoes and they're gonna be bright it's gonna be <laughs> really captivating and charismatic clothes Clothing, fabulous, fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, even though it's really cis male, like it's mm -hmm. definitely like tr have, like traditional masculine clothing, but it's mm -hmm. fabulous, mm -hmm. and it's um, yeah. it might even make you smile or laugh. Like it's definitely yeah. pinned for that mischief. Mm -hmm. And there's that twinkle in the eye and that mischief. We're mm -hmm. we're watching a show on television, a British show called. All creatures great and small right now, and um, there's a character called Tristan who's a who's a very masculine, very male. He's a vet, and he just every time he walks into the room or out of the room, he's just planting a mischief bomb <laughs> wherever he goes. And then he and he's a player. He's off to just tame all the ladies and mm -hmm. strut his stuff and. Um, I love it. Yeah. He's always looking good. He's got like red suspenders. Yeah, he's always going to adjust that, adjust the outfit, mm -hmm. and have a really like those clothes are going to be more costume based. Cool. All right. So what do they do for work? Like what's a great occupation for a fairy? Um, because they're so innovative, marketing is pinned for fairies, fashion, the fashion world. Mm. I always talk about Heidi Klum because she's not a fairy or Tim Gunn and they're both elves in a, mm. in a fashion, in a fairy world. Mm. Um, but definitely fashion <laughs> and yeah. drag queens um, <laughs> good fairies um all kinds of um like like a supportive um they're they're not going to be a, necessarily great as a founder entrepreneur but as a as a consultant mm -hmm. for an entrepreneur because they're so innovative and out of the box. They are great social and event planners. Mm. Again, not executors. Mm -hmm. They're going to need a team of hobbits and gnomes and dwarves to help execute. But wow, are those going to be fabulous events. They're going to be great. <laughs> um, I love it. Musicians, mm -hmm. really lots and lots of fairies who mm. are, great music mm -hmm. and i mentioned it before like a freddie mercury or like this elton just, john elton yeah. john you know they just bring the drama mm -hmm. they just bring yeah. the drama they bring the sparkly they bring the essence they're really essence mm -hmm. so they can write these really mm -hmm. poppy tunes poppy <laughs> tunes that are just 
when you think of, you know, those kinds of fairies that mm. are writing these anthem-based songs because the it captured the essence Madonna. so well. Yeah. Madonna is a fairy. Lizzo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, talk about some some fair some more fairies that we might know in our day to day. Um, you actually mentioned a lot just now. We did. We did. We yeah. we did. Is there, Dolly any, is there anyone you want to call out? Dolly Parton, we love Prince. On the, on the heavy side, though, you think of like a Frida Kahlo. That that's a fairy, mm-hmm. you know. Oh. Um, there's actually, you know, Serena Williams, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. um, Gwen Stefani, mm-hmm. Russell Brand, mm-hmm. Elvis Presley. Oh yeah, Russell Brand. Elvis, mm-hmm. Elvis Presley was mm-hmm. a fairy. Um, Chris Farley, another kind of like Midwestern cis male. And you wouldn't maybe guess it, but fairy, right? Just fun, oh. just party time. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about hobbits, Meg. Okay. Yeah. Your local hobbit right here. The best one I know. <laughs> Give me a str- It's. I'm just telling it like it is, dude. <laughs> what is there? What is some hobbit strengths? Okay. Hobbit strengths. Well, we are... It's so funny because sometimes it's like, would you rather me talk about the strengths of hobbits? Yes, as, as a hobbit, a it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one of the things, one of the weaknesses about hobbits is that they get like a little, like camera shy. Yeah, like, we're a little camera shy. We're a little because we're um, we're used. We're not used to. Yeah, we're not used to the limelight. We're we're not fairies and we're not elves. Like we're not out in front of the pack here. We're 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 keeping up the the rear. We're you know we've got the backpack of stuff. We're heading to Mordor and we're just just us. Or it's just us and Samwise. Do you know? The hobbits and are the best like executors. Fun. Yes, they will execute, and they will execute with such good hearted yes <laughs> um <laughs> bravery <laughs> and so yeah if you need something executed look for the hobbit yeah and then moving at the pace of material form like the, the like the the pace of instead of the pace of an idea or the mm-hmm. pace of an essence mm-hmm. so their strength is that execution yeah and i say all the time that they potter so they wander about the form in order to execute that form in order to Mm -hmm. like you know and sometimes you think of hobbits as like a gardener or something Mm -hmm. like that and they're kind of gonna you know pull the weeds and plant the the tree and clear the you know field Mm -hmm. and nobody like a hobbit can clear that field no or or design a space when in this hometown show we watch you'll watch um aaron and ben kind of map uh the the design they're going to do the build they're going to do on the house the renovation or the home design and they're using their feet they're going and standing in the spaces they're not you know standing outside doing an architectural rendering they're standing there they're touching the wall they're grabbing something um as a placeholder to see and feel what it might look like um it's how they they're cook actually too. it's how they cook too and they're going to touch that chicken and then smell the herbs and and kind of live inside the life of all that form. It's literally like a communication with form where we're sort of vibing with. And I'll, I'll say like with my own home design, like 
this tapestry wants to be here. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this piece of jewelry isn't my piece of jewelry. It's my friends and it wants to be with her. I can, I can literally feel and taste and understand form. Um, and I use my form and my body to understand it, my, my senses, um, versus thinking through it. Um, I, I envision by through touch. Um, as my little really uh, strong says, with crafts. Crafts, strong with crafts. He <laughs> says, um, I need to touch to love. <laughs> I need to touch to love. He loves a hug. Mm. So our strength Amazing. is that. Besides uh, being camera shy or not wanting to be in the limelight, can you name some of their weaknesses? I don't consider that a weakness, though. Um. <laughs> well, it can be because we can we can tuck away into ourselves. We can get quite ah, stuck in. I see. Um, you know, the world can feel a little much and a little too fast. Um, and, um, and we can, we can, we move quite slow. And so, um, and this is a, it's a fairly fast paced world for a hobbit just in general. Um, and so, so we can, we can sometimes just shut down and get stuck in and, and like, sort of like a golem, right. Just sort of tuck into our own, our own space and not come out. Um, so it, I used to joke with Kieran that like, you know, having moved from Chicago to California, that it took me, it took like an army of dwarves and a big wizard to get me out of there. Um, and she's the big wizard. Um, because, and which it was like Bilbo, you know, in the, in the Hobbit that yeah. he, he likes his home and he likes his, his stuff. And, and that can get a little stuck. We can get a little attached to stuff and to home and to, to things. Um, but I want to point out, there is a strengthness in how slow Hobbits move. Mm -hmm. The, there's such a strength there. Like we do live in a world that thinks everything should go at elf pace. Like we should make a decision to go see the movie and then get those shoes on and fly out the door, which is what an elf could do, but not a hobbit. A hobbit needs to pack all the snacks mm -hmm. that we might need for the truck and the drinks and then get the extra sweater and this extra sweater for you. But there's something so beautiful and grounding and intelligence in the slowness of which a hobbit is moving through form mm -hmm. that it allows for that thorough execution mm -hmm. because the elves mm. are going to get to the theater hungry, a little tired, a little spacey because <laughs> they move so fast and they, they'll take half the movie to ground Mm -hmm. into the space they're in mm -hmm. and the hobbit has so there's a, so there so i would say that yeah it can be a negativity because they can get stuck in but there's something so beautiful about the slow pace of a hobbit yeah i mean and, i totally agree with you i meg was such an instrumental force in helping me understand what it actually was to ground and it, to, to come from a, a, a hobbit teacher was yeah, that yeah. was important for for health, like myself. <laughs> yes. Well, this goes back to that diversity and that complementarity and some behavioral supports um, that we can give each other. You know, yeah, that, totally. that uplift. You know, if you get stuck in or slow down and ground if you're moving too fast. It's hard to so talk about a hobbit? a hobbit, though, right? Oh. About without talking about what they love to eat. <laughs> I was just going to ask what it, what is a hobbit like to eat? Which totally, because food I, is such a huge important part. 
Yes. Of hobbits. Hobbits, yeah. you know, it's and we we like we like to always have food. Like I I've not missed meals. In fact, I can't actually really proceed with my day, you know, if I'm if I'm hungry and haven't eaten. Like it's full stop. I'm not going to move forward with my idea or whatever I'm doing cuz it it literally feels like I'm going to physically die. I can't do it. <laughs> um so uh so hobbits if we take that plate, you know, where the elves have like 70 to 80% animal protein and fat it's almost the reverse for hobbits. We're going to look at maybe 20% meat protein um, and and some fat. Our fat was going to come more from like dairy products and, and butter. Uh, there's nothing I don't put a dairy product on. Um, <laughs> and in carbohydrates, we can do 50% carbs, you know, in a, in a world right now where we have like, you know, depending on the, depending on the season, carbs are demonized or whatever for a hobbit. No way. Um, a bread product at every meal is, is guaranteed and you're doing well. The other thing we do well with is a lot of vegetables, whether they're cooked or in a salad, um, vegetables and fruit, but primarily veg. Um, I think of like a chicken pot pie. That's a perfect hobbit meal right there. Um, cool. yeah. What do they, what do they like to dress? We, I would say like comfort is our prime directive. <laughs> and so, and so it's a comfortable body, right? So that we can move in space and we can execute and we, um, so, so it's not about, it's, it's about our comfort and cozy. Um, and hobbits are really sensitive to, to fabrics. And, um, so always natural fibers. If, mm. if I wear, um, and I don't know a hobbit who doesn't love cotton, uh, silk, wool, They've got to come from nature if they aren't. And and it has to, it's like literally if it's, if it's less than 80% cotton, like I have a sweatshirt that's less than 80% cotton, I'll feel it. And I'll start to feel physically nauseous. Um, there's something about natural fibers or just this earthbound creature that we are. So, and then soft, comfortable, not form fitting. It's going to have a little bit of a loose, uh, loose cut. Um, Jerry Seinfeld constantly makes fun of Larry David for having the off the shoulder, the, what does he call it? The loose cut, um, shoulder, like, uh, jackets and stuff. Whereas the elves, it's like a, it's a very trim cut. It's form fitting, Yeah, right? It's efficient. Larry's got a casual, uh, sports jacket. Yeah. Before we go down that road of celebrities, what, what kind of jobs do hobbits have or what's like a really aligned job for them yeah we're working looking with wood working with wood <laughs> yes i don't know uh, who doesn't yeah. want to work with wood yeah exactly i'm a you know uh, a coach but i love to work with wood i'm currently you know sanding a dresser out in the driveway so um this is uh <laughs> it's definitely crafts wooden woodworking um uh, artisans and craft people of all all stripes. Gardening. I would say gardening, teaching and therapy because we're so heart centered when we're and we're quite we're quite aware of people and quite like you know we tend to be quite lovable <laughs> beings, the warm ones in the room, and so. Um, you know, therapist, coach, um, like a kind of small business person where you're, you get to be mm. like in the, in the neighborhood and you're, you know, you've got the craft store in the neighborhood, you've got the local restaurant, um, you're making small amounts of family meals, you know, um, yeah. for your family. And friends. I would add to that, like hosts, because hosts. they're so warm hearted yes, and they really want to know someone. So like really famous yes. hobbits being Oprah and Oprah Ellen, and DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Ellen, yep. Who's more heart based than Ellen? Just wanting to yep. make people laugh in a silly way and, and really connect and love. So yeah. TV Fair amount hosts. of comedians, yeah, and TV hosts, yep. 
Yeah, name some yeah. more hobbits. Some more celebrity habits. Some more celebrity habits. Ellen People and, that I would know. Um, I th- often talk about uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. He's a big one because yeah. he's just so charismatic really? and so athletic. Those those very balanced bodies um, and very balanced people in general um, are going to be habits. Um, who else? Larry David. Um, you have some spiritual teachers up there. Eckhart Tolle. Um, Matthew Broderick. Julia Roberts. J.K. Rowling. Um, John Denver, that's a great example of a hobbit, just heart and soul, those, those singer songwriter types. Um, when you're talking music, um, that's, yeah. uh, that's it. Francis Sing McDormand. about the mountains, the Rocky yeah. mountain high. Ballads to nature, you know, <laughs> James Taylor is another one. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Amazing. Pooh Bear. <laughs> Bilbo. <laughs> Oh, so cartoons can have these too. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, Christopher it's, it's Robin's they, the elf. Yep. Winnie the uh, Pooh is the hobbit. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Tigger is the fairy. Eeyore's the gnome. Eeyore's the gnome. <laughs> yeah, we find this is these archetypes are in a lot of uh, a lot of movies and television. Yeah. Rabbit's the dwarf, I guess. I guess. Ranting away at everybody. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tony Morrison's a good example of a of a hobbit poet. Okay, we have some poets and writers. You know, a lot of story writers. Mm-hmm. Hobbits uh-huh. can make really good editors and really good accountants. Ironically, too, there's that execution. They like to execute. So if it's a bunch of words and we're going to put those words together and edit them and make them make shape, Mm -hmm. or if we're going to got all these numbers and we're going to make sense of the numbers and put them in an Excel spreadsheet or put them in spreadsheets and, you know, those are good livelihoods. Cool. Cool. Thank you for listening. We obviously love hearing what you think. Your feedback helps us make a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Love you.